So I was uh, driving back from Searcy Friday night and had, had gone up there to take part in some everyone's going back to school festivities at Harding. And I, uh, about, I was talking to Rachel on the phone and I was really sleepy and thought I might stop and stay with uh, Rachel's sister and um, our, our sister and brother-in-law in Little Rock. And I was talking to her, and I said, well, there's some, there's some lightning up here. It's intense, it's, but no rain. Huh. Two minutes later, I've, I've never been in rain that, that hard and heavy. It, I was going open interstate, 30 miles per hour, there uh, by McCain, and all that right there at the I-40, 67 turn. And uh, I was watching just one line until it'd get to me, and then I would try to find the next one. And there were people pulled over under bridges. And I just thought, if I'd be the one who just got hit by someone else. I'm going to keep moving. But the, the, the slow crawl... Of just the, the next thing. I've got to do that next thing. And then that, that just, I love the freedom of the interstate. I love, I'm, I'm going a speed. There's a speed limit and it's sort of understood that you can go a little faster. <laughs> and you, you're in your lane, but if you need to change lanes and you can, you just get over. There you go. You got over. And I, I love the, the freedom of the interstate was ruined by a storm from the devil. And it was just one line at a time. One little line at a time. And so I was stifled. I didn't get to do what I wanted. I didn't get to drive the way I hoped to, and I didn't get there very quick. I think sometimes our Christian life, we, we sometimes decide between rules and regulations and freedom. And those are almost mutually exclusive. Because if, if you have got to meet that next thing, and then you've got to meet the next thing, that you are just focused on, I've, I've got to fail or I've got to succeed. We joke about this before, but uh, it's, uh, it's always, it, my, I had a professor in school who pointed out to me that it's really weird when someone at the first of the service says, Lord, forgive us of our many sins. And then someone at the end of the service says, Lord, forgive us of our many sins. Like, what were you doing during worship that wasn't covered? I mean, you just had an hour there to get many, like maybe one. But many is kind of nuts. That's crazy. Someone's in the back playing a harmonica. Quietly. I'm just kidding. That's not a sin. I think it might be a violation of our bylaws, but it's still. But we, we're just so nervous that we're going to get it wrong, that we're going to mess up. 
And for me, Friday night, messing up meant ditch. You know, we're afraid we're going to land someplace we don't need to be. And so every little moment, we're scared of, and we're evaluating. Constantly evaluating where we are. That's, that's got to be, a, and I've, I've been there. That's a horrendous way to live. Like to say, oh, well, how am I now? Am I the right sort of Christian? I don't really feel like I'm the right sort of Christian. I should be. I don't know. I don't pray enough. I don't. Yeah, pray more. Love more. Don't evaluate more. We get so caught up proclaiming what we're not. Being offended, you know, being uh, violated by the, the rules and saying the, the rules saying to you, you are condemned. Being condemned by the rules. That we might miss something beautiful that's actually happening in our Christianity, in our life. Paul puts this a certain way in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He's comparing the old way, which was a strictly a law-based system, to the new way, which is strictly a Jesus, a relationship with Jesus-based system. And he says, now, if the ministry that brought death, which is the old way, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory. It does. It came, it came with some glory. If that came with glory... So that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory. Transitory, though it was. A better way to translate that would be fleeting. Fleeting, though it was. It's a word we use more than transitory as it was. McDonald's ice cream is really good. Transitory, though it may be. The face of Moses, because of his glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? So the way that brought death had some glory. Like, that was good. We're not saying it's bad, but there is a new way. Now, what he's talking about here shows up in Exodus 34. 30, Exodus 34 says, When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with the Lord... He removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out, he told the Israelites what he had been commanded. They saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back on his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Now, that, that is, that's the ministry. And he said that had some glory to it. But one of the reasons he put the veil over his face is because the glory went away. It slowly went away. And, and Moses was trying to preserve any authority he had. So when he would come out, he would have a radiant face. I think this is the part of the movie where that woman, I'm not sure her name, goes, Moses. You remember that? I'm not sure if that's the part, but there's one time, Moses. That's how she says it. Do you remember the movie, Ten Commandments? Charlton Heston, James Bond. He's not James Bond. Just being silly. 
But this ministry, that old way had some glory. Imagine what it's like with, when we're led by the Spirit. If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, now much more is the ministry, or how much more is the ministry um, that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. So that was good, but this is better. That was good and temporary. This is great and eternal. So he's making this comparison. Now, in the church in Corinth, especially in the, it seems like in the second letter to the Corinthians, they're struggling with uh, whether to kind of go back to that way, to follow those old laws and regulations. And he said, and if what was fleeting or transitory came with glory, how much greater is that which lasts? Therefore, we, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their heart. So a veil, I don't know if any of you wore a veil when you got married, they don't ha- they don't wear them as much anymore. Uh, Rachel didn't wear a veil, right? Whew, nailed it. <laughs> but the, one of the big things is you pull up the veil, and surprise, this is who you married. That was back whenever they were just putting people together. Ta-da! Ooh. You had to practice that. Practice not. But there was a, there was just sort of a, a, a distance between you and the other person. You can't be, there's no intimacy involved in veils. There's, it's, it's hard to have a relationship with a veiled face. And, and he is saying that whenever, whenever you, you enter into a relationship with God, through the law, the law veils your heart. It keeps you from seeing God clearly. If the only... Is that that raccoon making noise? No? It scared me to death. There's a raccoon in the house. It's not rabid yet. Don't be alarmed yet. But there is a... Um, I've never had to say that. <laughs> I've been preaching for 10 years full time. I've never been like, hey, is, is that that raccoon making noise? But uh, anyway, so that when, when we follow just r- rules and regulations, when we follow just strict, what's the next thing I've got to do? Then what's the next thing I do? And I hope I'm doing it right. I hope I don't land in the ditch. There's no freedom there. There's no relationship there. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, this is an, a beautiful double meaning here because the veil taking away is, is, a, is a marriage metaphor, but it's also one where he's saying you, you can now have an intimate relationship with God through Jesus. When you turn to Jesus, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord or Jesus is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, 
there is freedom. So when the veil is taken away, I live by the Spirit. Last week we talked about that when we're here, God is with us. So today, God is with us. But what's interesting, or what 2 Corinthians 3.16 is telling us, is that when we go in freedom and in the freedom of Jesus, what we find is, is Jesus is with us out there. That God is with us here, but as we go, when we have the Spirit, the Spirit isn't some weird animal that we don't understand. The Spirit is Jesus. The Spirit of God is Jesus. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces, contemplate or look upon or concentrate on the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. God is making me good. Jesus, with me as the Spirit, is making me holy. And Jesus is going to take His time with me. Jesus could break me. He could break you. Some of us need to be broken. But slowly over the years, if you're 30, when you're 40, you'll think you were silly when you were 30. If you're 40, when you're 50, you thought, well, I could have done it better when I was 40. When you're 90, you're not going to remember anything. I had a conversation. I don't know if you saw on Facebook. I said, uh, I think it was Friday. Friday, I said, uh, happy birthday to the the 19th Amendment. Uh, 97 years ago, the 19th Amendment was signed. uh, Women's suffrage. uh, And a a, a woman in the comments said, uh, Benjamin, I had to Google this. This woman's 87. I said, Benjamin, I had to Google this. Why are you making, why didn't you tell me what the 19th Amendment was? And I said, well, I thought you were there. <laughs> now, let me tell you the backstory to that. I, whenever I saw that comment, I was sitting next to a New, a New Testament professor of Bible at Harding University named Ross Cochran. Dr. Cochran was sitting right here, and I leaned over and I said, she didn't know what it was. And I said, I thought about saying I thought you were there. And he goes, you should say that. <laughs> so, okay. He goes, if she has a sense of humor, she'll get it. I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> but when you always will think back and say, I've grown. Well, that's what's great. You're not probably not going to grow a whole lot this week. Every day after school, I ask my girls what they learned. Not every day, but most days when I say, I said, did you learn anything interesting today? And a lot of times they're like, oh, man, really? The amount they've grown since they've been studying, they didn't know how to read. Now they can read. They couldn't write, and now they can write. There was never a day where they said, now I can write. Yesterday I couldn't, today I can. Just been a slow progression, and that's how you will become more and more like God. And Jesus is doing it 
for you, to you, changing you. See, if, when we're following the law and trying to get the law right and trying to get it right all the time, we are going line by line down the road and any wrong turn leads us to destruction. But when, when we have this, when we turn to Jesus, we are chauffeured by the Spirit to righteousness. We, we are taken there as we are, we are willing passengers in the transformation that Jesus offers. We are headed there whether we realize it or not. And it's Jesus who is with us. We are free. We are free to celebrate the fact that, that God is with us. Jesus is with us. We call that the Spirit, but it's really Jesus. And that, I mean, the disciples struggled with this early, uh, when John was when Jesus was telling them goodbye in John in John chapter John chapter fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. They they say, "Well, what is this Helper that you're going to send us?" And Jesus says, "If you know the Helper, you know me. And if you know me, you know the Helper. If you know the Father, you know me. If you know the Father, all of this God came to earth." And died on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins was resurrected so that we could have eternal life and we could live with him is king so that we can follow him and is with us in his spirit so that we will have the strength to do so that's freedom i will mess up this week I will say something I, will, I shouldn't have. I won't. That's, this is the harder one. I won't say something when I should have spoken up. I will mess up. And God's working on me. And he's working on you. Jesus is with you. There, there have been times in my life, there's not many of them, um, because I, I think I'm, a, I'm, I think I'm hard of hearing when it comes to the spirit. But there have been times where I've thought, just strongly, you need to do this. You have to do this. You have to go. I, I, I remember seeing someone in public and thought, go talk to them, and they needed me. I'm not the person who runs up and chase people, chases people down, but I ran and chased someone down. And they needed me. They didn't need me. They needed somebody. You, you can tell in your life the times when you're smarter than you actually are, when you're better than you actually are, when you're holier, when you have better thoughts than you should. And I believe passionately that that's, not just some, some androgynous, like some weird thing called the Spirit where we can't even put a finger on what... That's Jesus telling you what you should do, how you should be. That's Jesus working on you. And that comes with freedom. The veil has been lifted. We are in a relationship. I am not married to a crazy person. My wife probably can't say the same thing. But I'm not. What's, what's wonderful about not being married to a crazy person is I don't have to guess what she's thinking. 
Crazy people tell you, or the crazy people think things and don't tell you. Right? If Rachel has something to say to me, she just says it. If I ask her, hey, are you upset? And she says no, she means no. And most of the time, when I say, are you upset? She says no, because if she was upset, she would have told me. We, a lot of times, we think God is like secretly trying to get us. We aren't in a relationship with a crazy person. We're in a relationship with someone who loves you, who, will, who understands that you're flawed, that, that we, we get to be with that person. We, God, gets, God is with us. God is with us today, and when we go, Jesus goes with you. The Spirit is with you. Now, our, our particular tradition has trouble with the Spirit, but let's just say Jesus is with us. There we go. Guiding us. Encouraging us, convicting us. That's freedom. Freedom is a relationship in which you are encouraged to grow, but, but not condemned when you don't. And that's the relationship we are within, we are, we're, we, we are in with God. That's the relationship. And it, it is worth giving yourself to it. Committing to it. Because you're not having to do it alone. You're not having to follow the line slowly by yourself and risk destruction if you miss. But you're on the open road being chauffeured by the Spirit of God to righteousness. If you would like to join that journey. If you would like to have Jesus walk alongside you in this path, don't do this alone. Don't try and fail and try and fail and shame and guilt and fail and try. But be guided by the Spirit of God. And it's only there that you will find the freedom. The freedom to be empowered by Jesus in this day. If you need anything, please come forward while we stand and sing.